This episode of Monocycle is brought to you by Smilf, a new comedy series from Showtime. Smilf is about a 20-something single mom from South Boston navigating dating, sex, career, and motherhood. Check it out. It's based on a Sundance-winning short film, and every episode is directed by a woman. It's also loosely based on the life of the series creator, Frankie Shaw. Art imitates life once again. Smilf is now streaming on Showtime, but if you go to Showtime.com and enter the code MANREPELLER, you get two weeks free. That's free. F-R-E-E. The offer is available through December 1st. Hey, welcome to Monocycle Interview Edition, which is actually more like bicycle because there are two people talking, not just the one. Today we are interviewing Carla Welch, a celebrity stylist based in LA from Canada who dropped out of college, thought she wanted to be a sommelier, fell in love and then moved to California, now dresses Justin Bieber and Ruth Nega and Tracy Ellis Ross and every other celebrity that you can think of. I'm not going to say any more and just let you hear about it firsthand. So you're from Canada, right? I am from Canada. Where in Canada? I am from a very small town in British Columbia called Power River. It's just north of Vancouver. Uh-huh. But then I lived in Vancouver for many years after high school. After high school? Yeah. You went to university there? Yeah, I went to college, and then I dropped out of college, and then I went to um, food and beverage management school. Right. I read that you yeah. were a SOM. I wanted Were you a to... master SOM? No. God, No. No. I wanted so to you be like Michelle Pfeiffer in Tequila Sunrise. Oh, where she was, like, I was like, oh, I so want to. I want to. I saw that movie and I was like, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to like run a restaurant. And so I actually went to chef school, and then I went to food and beverage school, and then I did like the entry level like sommelier classes, and mm-hmm. then I a handsome kid walked into my restaurant, and I fell in love, and I moved to United States. Oh, and that's how you met your husband. Mm-hmm. So right after that night, it was O N on. Yeah. Well, no. Well, maybe for him. Hmm. It was really interesting. Have you ever been a wait? Have you ever worked in a restaurant? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, you have to be nice. That's your yeah, job. Yeah. But I've you're worked in, in the service. I mean, I was a secretary one summer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's when you're in service, you are serving. Yes. And I mean, essentially, I still am ser- in the service industry. Yeah. So often you get like strangers who are, are flirty with you. And this guy sat down and he was like, just kind of laid like a couple of compliments on me, but for some reason it felt like very different than anybody else who had laid uh-huh. compliments on me. Maybe it and, felt honest. Yeah, maybe. Must have. And at the end of the night, he just was like, boom. And I was like, no, I can't go out with you. And he left and I thought, why can't I go out with him? And I ran outside and he was gone. And then a love letter came in the mail. Oh. And it happened to arrive. And this was like at the beginning of email accounts. I had a Hotmail account. This was, we're about to have our 15th wedding anniversary and we've been together for 17 years oh wow yeah and so how old were you when you got married it's like 28 oh you you are so young looking i have been blessed with good skin do you do anything to it yeah i mean now i do what but do i'm put pretty lazy it? what do i put on it yeah um now i use lots of sunscreen especially in california oh, that's what i need and to i do. yes you really you really really have to so you met your husband at the restaurant you were working at in mm-hmm. Vancouver, mm-hmm. and then he sent you a love letter. Yes, and then we started emailing with each other, and that was like oh it was God, felt very you're like Meg Ryan and Tom. Hanks. I know, you know, it's really like modern love because it was like I I imagined 
in the olden days, you wrote letters back and forth, and you mm-hmm. kind of like skip a lot of the bullshit if you were just having a face to face conversation. And we had these really like this engagement, like, and I would run home and check my email. And uh, I had a boyfriend at the time, but who I call like an insignificant significant mm-hmm. in the stream of life. He wasn't going to be a player in yeah. my in in and my you knew that. and I knew that and it was just kind of I was filling space, which is a horrible thing to say, but it happens to everyone. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to come to California to visit my aunt. You know, I had no plans to do it. I said maybe we can see each other because it was going to be in Palm Springs, and I knew it was in L.A. And he was like, yeah, of course, I'll be there. And so I lied to my aunt and I said oh I'm gonna go see an old friend because she was like very protective and would mm-hmm. never have let me go out with a stranger like rightfully so and I told one friend I was doing it who was like freaked out and then I saw Matthew and that was it and we like we're like okay we're you're my person we're gonna get married oh wow so did you move really quickly after that I moved it took me about a year just because that's when 9-11 happened. And so there was a massive, you know, kind of crackdown at the border. Mm-hmm. Not that, I, you know, what was I doing? But um, the coming back and forth kind of put a flag on me. And yeah. I had to go through all this immigration stuff to get to the States. And then I came down and we got married. So you moved to L.A. for love, not because you wanted to be a stylist. Exactly. I moved for love. And when did that transition occur where you realized you didn't want to be in hospitality? Well, I kind of knew it already. And I grew up, my father had a menswear store in Canada. And I grew up working in clothing and Mm -hmm. buying and doing his window displays. And at the same time that I was like falling, when I fell in love and I knew I was going to move, I thought, that's something that I'm very much interested in. And that's when I think kind of the rise of like where all of a sudden you knew about like fashion editors and I was always obsessed with fashion um, and I watched like Tim Blanks on Fashion File in Canada and but that's when you really saw what an editor and a stylist was and it wasn't really the rise of the celebrity stylist yet but I was like oh this seems like an interesting thing to be interested in right. for lack of a better word interesting thing and then I um came down and I floundered a little bit which was hard because I was like I don't I wasn't allowed to work and I'm such a worker bee and Mm -hmm. so I started helping Matthew produce because he's a photographer at the time he still is but he does many other things and he had this stylist who was always like kind of shitting the bed and not doing a great job and I was like I could be doing such a better job for you and he's like well I can't just give you a job so he had a, a job that came in for a record package and I called up the label and I said I'll be the stylist on this job and I'll do it for this much and like just like give me the job. And they did. And that was the beginning. And that was the beginning. That's so how long ago is that? 16 years ago. 16 years. Yes. So how did 15 you start years, 15 years. Same thing. Same thing. How did you start amassing your clients? Um gosh, how did it I mean I worked with Matthew quite a bit at the beginning and then I just like would get little jobs here and there. And then mm-hmm. I was working with the musician Feist, and I was um, pulling in – this is a funny little story. Um, I was pulling in Barney's in in Beverly Hills, and I was walking around, and this woman kept on following me, and I thought, what is this What is this person doing? Like, I guess she thought I was, like, sales help, and she came up to me. And, and I'm usually, like, very, very friendly, but I don't know if I was in a bad mood that day or what. I was annoyed that this person was following me. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't work here. And she's like – I like everything about you. And I said, oh, are you an agent? And she's like, I'm Brooke Wall. Oh, wow. And 
I said, oh, and we started talking, and she gave me her card, and she's like, you should call me, and I went home, and of course, I Googled, like, Brooke Wall, and the Wall Group popped up, Uh and that is it. Brooke Wall discovered me in Barney's. And And you're still represented by the Wall Group, right? They were my first and only agents, and I went in and had a meeting, and she signed me on the spot, and that's when I switched to, like, being just in music and advertising to, like, the celebrity world, and Mm -hmm. I kind of was like, I'll just do any job they send my way and I did I didn't I never said no when did you start saying no last year this year (laughs) (laughs) the power of no is is really uh transformative yeah but it takes people a long time to learn how to say no yeah it's a complete sentence too for sure (laughs) you know you're like no yeah and I rarely still I rarely say no but uh, yeah it's a really like powerful thing did you ever miss Canada after you went to California not until Donald Trump became the president. Right. I was going to ask about that because you're a quite prolific celebrity stylist. And I know that Hollywood Reporter, and, I, and I'm sure this has been the, your headline for the last year. I'll is take like, it. Hollywood Reporter, top stylist in Los Angeles, Yay. you know, <laughs> which is amazing. Sure. But you're very, very politically charged on Instagram. Yeah. And there's it's a sort of. Not funny, but interesting seating of, you know, Carly Kloss wearing a full look next to, like, vote for so-and-so. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Do you ever get any pushback from either your agency or the celebrities you work with? Pre-election, I remember someone saying to me, I'm not going to name names, like, you shouldn't be so political. And I said to them, just you wait. Because I just don't – I'd rather my beliefs be who I am than what – I. I put on someone. Yeah. And I just don't, and I realize there needs to be a balance. But at the same time, my I only got into like Instagram and any sort of social media a few years ago. And I didn't really even start putting my work on for the, until maybe the last two years because I was like, oh, I better put some work up. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's a platform to use for what I really believe and who I am. I feel like Instagram, you pretty much know me if you follow my Instagram. I don't really hide anything. I don't, you know, like we're all just kind of getting it done. I don't want to put anything out there that seems like it's that super fabulous and organized. But yeah, I like putting my work up, but I think my politics are really definitive of who I am as well. Have you always been quite politically charged? Yes. What do you think that's a function of? My mother. Is she like that also? Yeah, she's always like... Uh, We've just always had a real strong moral compass Mm -hmm. and like kind of fighting for the underdog or being really honest of like what you stand up for. And and then I just think, I don't know, I guess maybe I've always had a not a I don't want to say a loud mouth, but it probably has. That's exactly what it is. But maybe that's what people have called it, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of a bummer. But I would just rather like stand up for what I believe in. And, you know, we're in pretty dark times. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a it's a funny balance for sure. Are your and your mother's policies similar? Or do you fight? I think they're somewhat similar. She's a little old school. She's actually like pro life, which mm-hmm. is like, but she's a nurse and understands like the need for like abortion when necessary. Right. We'll we'll disagree on things some things, but otherwise we're we're pretty much in line. I'm I'm probably more liberal than she is. Right. But my dad's also like super liberal. But they're in Canada as well, so I've never realized how, like, before I was like, yeah, Canada's different, but 
we're very similar mm-hmm. to the United States. And after this election, I was like, wow, Canada's a pretty sovereign, special nation. Mm-hmm. But America's so special. It's like I really identify with American politics. Just being here and being part of, like, this kind of world. Do you find that your being politically charged ever gets in the way of your work or ever prohibits Um, I don't. You? I don't think so. I think... If a brand doesn't want to work with me because of my politics, then bye. Yeah, you kind of don't want to work with them. I don't want to really work with them. I never really want to, like, compromise. Yeah. What a great process of elimination. Absolutely. Oh, we don't want to work with her because of that? It's like, bye. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really appreciate that you're so politically charged on Instagram. Oh, great. Because, like, one of the most basic tenets of Man Repeller is that an interest in fashion doesn't minimize your intellect. Totally. So for me to see a picture of Carly Claus or Tracy Ellis Ross or whoever it is dressed in a full look right next to some version of political rhetoric is really, really important because those things are, can and should live right next to each other. For sure. In a way that messaging has never allowed them to. I totally agree. And I think when people say, oh, don't be political, I'm like, but I don't know that people realize that by living, you're political. You're living in a system where you pay taxes, where you walk on a road that your tax money helps to fix or not fix in many Los Angeles streets. The personal is political. That's that's our life. I mean, by simple virtue of being a woman in 2017, you're a political statement. If I can inspire, like, and I know I have a lot of young followers because of Justin and, you know. That's Justin Bieber for the uninitiated. (laughs) Justin, my little honey. JB. Um, I wish I had, like, a Teen Vogue when I was young. Rest in peace, the magazine, but long live the online. Yes. You know, uh, I wish I had that because I just think there are so many leaders out there in small and and Mm -hmm. large ways, and I'm only a small one, and... I'm just going to do what I feel is right. Yeah, and what you can. Yeah. And if I'm and I'm not perfect. I'm sure I post lot plenty of stuff that drives some people crazy, but also I don't care. Right. Yeah. Uh is your daughter a big Justin Bieber fan? She she wasn't. She, Clementine's a little like cool. Oh, her name th- is Clementine. That's so cool. From Eternal Sunshine yeah. and a Spotless Mind. Very perfectly suited. Um she wasn't and then when I started working just in many years ago. She switched over, and now she loves them. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Do they have a bit of a personal relationship? Yeah. She got to, like, we went to the show, and she, of course, stood in the front, and he kept on winking at her, and oh, she was dying. And I she was must like, have been <laughs> melting. That she is was like the dream. Totally. Isn't that funny? But she's actually more of, like, a David Bowie fan. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's... musicals. Musicals. Oh, that's great. Hamilton and Dear Evan Hansen are on, like, 24-7 at our house. Wow. She is a precocious 11-year-old. She's a trip. They're all like, these kids are so smart. It's amazing. It's crazy. Is she considered Generation Z or she's younger? She's probably Gen Z. She's probably the tail end of Gen Z. Yeah. Is that Gen Z where you grow up purely digital? Yeah. Yeah. They're tech natives yeah. in a way that we are not. That we are not. I'm, I'm definitely millennial by definition. Okay. Um, well, you're leading the way in a very... <laughs> good way. I'll take it. No, for Thanks. sure. I love men with color. But so let's talk a little bit about the Hanes shirts. Sure. They really are the perfect t-shirt. Yay! I actually agree. Yeah. Yeah. There was, a, I also saw a spread in one of the tabloids re- when I was in I LA. know, wasn't I that was amazing? Like, who reads these tabloids? And I opened one and I was like, look at all these people wearing the Carla Welch t-shirt. Yeah, it was really like, it's been 
such an interesting process to do something on this kind of scale. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, yay, we did it. And then I'm like, oh, no, we have to keep going. It's so interesting. But where it was... But what do you mean by that? You have to continue producing new product? The way I started, it was kind of very different. I didn't want like just brands coming to me and say, let's do a collaboration and you put your name on it. I was like, I want to make something and I'm going to find someone to make it with. So Haynes was this, you know, the story of making, cutting up Haynes t-shirts for Justin and making long t-shirts. It came out of that, but it was really, we only are using like Haynes cotton and Haynes factories. It's really much my t-shirt that I've designed and made. Mm -hmm. And it was something that we had full control over. So that's how I kind of want to enter any kind of collaboration I do where it's like, it's me, I'm doing all the creative, I'm doing all the design, and then it's coming to the market with a big brand. Right. So it's more it's more like a joint venture than it is like a totally. licensing. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I mean, it was amazing to work with them and their cotton's great. And I got to throw out every other white t-shirt I've ever bought and kept and lives in getting dank in my closet. Because now they're just all my ones. Did you sell out? Yes. Well, we're almost sold out. And we have another, you know, drop coming. And we mm-hmm. have our sweatshirt that's coming out this week. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Do you think you'll keep producing product? I don't know. Like, I, I always kind of call myself, I'm like a really high-functioning couch potato. Like, if I'm not going at 120 miles an hour, I want to just, like, lie and sleep on my couch and yeah. cuddle and watch SpongeBob with Clementine. So it's like... A lot of times if I have an idea and I execute it, then I kind of want to be done and go on to the next thing. Yeah. So we'll see. It's funny that you say that because I, I'm I'm such a creative person and feel like I've always been a creator in my heart. And when I was younger, I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer. But because I'm so impatient, I feel like I became a writer because it was a way to create something new really fast and to control all of the elements. How interesting. Yeah. 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 So it's funny that you say that. I probably have a little bit of the same, like extremist high-functioning couch potato-ness. Right, right, where you're just like, I have an idea. Okay, great, done. Yeah. Do you feel like Instagram helped facilitate the launch of Haynes x Carl Welch? A hundred million percent for the branding. It kind of social was everything on that, like the little countdown, and you just have so many people seeing it, and it's so instant. Right. Like we did wild posts and billboards, um... And it was more of like just kind of a vanity thing and also because I'm older and the old school part of me was like, yes, I want a billboard. How amazing will that feel? But it was really for myself and for Matthew and Justin and all of us who put the work into the project. But the real value came from like Instagram and Twitter and like – Facebook, not on Facebook, but um, the brand is. So we really used that as our number one I know it's a new day. It's a new day. It's not and even new anymore. It's you're you're 100 right, <laughs> and I mean I think you really led the way. And I know when you guys wrote about the T-shirt on Man Repeller, like the response was phenomenal. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Oh, it, and it's really I like hope we sold you right out. Yeah, you kind of pushed me over the <laughs> over the the crew. Over, I think we did sell out the crew from your guys's post, and it was really interesting. We really identified who I always knew what, what, who our customer was. Like, we obviously had the fans who bought the shirt for mm-hmm. the association with Justin, but I always going into it said, no, the fans are women who will buy things in bulk, who recognize like a good design at good value. And I felt like those were your followers who were yeah. just like, 
I need this shirt, six of these shirts, because I'm going to rotate them. And, you know, I'm going to wear it every day. I'm going to wear it every day. And it's $180 for that many shirts. Yeah. And so I felt like it was really phenomenal. Like, good job, man repeller. (laughs) Man (laughs) repeller followers. Yeah. It was like, it was like major. Have you ever wanted to quit? Oh my God. Part of me is like a hippie. And I'm like, I don't want to be a brand. I don't want to be working so hard. I want to go like have alpaca. And then I'm like, please, like I could ever handle an alpaca. But so what keeps you going? Um, I'm my heart. I'm such a worker mm-hmm. and I love what I do and I love my girls and I feel a responsibility to like, I mean, obviously to my family. Like, how do you feel on those those really hard days, you know, the mornings where you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe how many things I have to do today. But I also just can't get out of bed. How do you push yourself to get out of bed? Well, I have an 11 year old who has to get to school on time. <laughs> so that's motivation. The, that's the great motivator, although my husband would be like, yeah, please, I get he does the mornings, which is amazing. Um, I just think you just keep going. Yeah. I don't know. Do you get like to that form of I never want to be an autopilot because I actually do put a lot of thought into pretty much everything I do. But I'm also one of those quick decision makers. Right. I can prep a job like boom, 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 boom. And then know, I think you hone in on your vision. So like if I know, okay. And you never regret those quick decisions? No. That's great. I really I have the problem of like self-reflection and mulling over the decision I made versus the one I should have made and which would have been better. But there's no such thing, right? Like no, you have to make sure. the best of the decision. That, there's no right or wrong decision. There's totally. just the one you make. Well, I mean, I'm sure there can be the wrong. I'm I'm sure I've made wrong decisions. Right, like use a condom if you're 16. Totally. Wrong decision not to use a condom. Totally. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a real like snap decision maker, but only because I I I feel I can rely really heavily on my instincts. Mm-hmm. But that's all the years of experience that have got me to that point. Right. Everyone should be able to rely really heavily on their instincts. Like gut is never actually wrong. You just have to know how to hear your instinct and understand that it's really primitive, that like your instinct isn't going to actually give you the answer. It's just going to be a compass. Right. But some people do have bad instincts. You think? Donald Trump. Uh, I don't know if that's a bad instinct or just like an incapacity to recognize or understand what he's actually think like there's no emotional intelligence there yeah right. there's i mean you, we, there's we no direct line him, between like, like gut and brain 100 percent. maybe not even a brain <laughs> <laughs> no but i just keep going you know i've just never really i don't know that i've hit that point where i want to quit right so that's amazing that's a good thing in. totally but have you ever wanted to pivot careers well, i guess I you did, experienced I did that a lot of piv- i've yeah. done my pivoting you know i did like the retail and then i did a uh, little production and the restaurant business so that was a major change like i was really yeah. on a path to like i'm gonna own my own restaurant i'm going to be this how old were you when you made the switch 27 okay so you were also entering your 30s which i feel like are the golden years of womanhood well wait till you get to your 40s girl Okay, I have not gotten even to my 30s, but I am done with my 20s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bye. <laughs> your late 20s are hard. Your I think late I'm 20s in my are Saturn very... rising. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll <laughs> agree with you. I think everything changes for you when you hit your 30s as a woman. You kind of get like and I'm not this is not a disparaging thing because I know a lot of very prolific like 
20-year-olds, especially now. Mm-hmm. But I think you get a lot of validation when you hit that 30-year marker as a woman. You, yeah. you just kind of get the – there's that confidence that comes out and, like, validity in a way. Right. And also, you know, exact the childbearing years or yeah. not if you decide not to. But a lot, a lot of things happen. And then you, you get – yeah, my 30s were great. Right. Yeah. Could you – detect a change when you swapped from hospitality to styling like did you internally I mean was your gut kind of like oh this is what I need to be doing I thought that was my thing but this is my thing I think that I've always seen my life happen in a do you ever do you remember the movie Breaking the Wave no. Okay, so it's one of the dogma films, and Emily Watson's in it, and she's totally psychotic, actually. So it's, like, not a really good comparison, but I remember watching it, and she's like, I've always seen what's happened in my life. And in a way, I, I've always seen it happening right before it happens, which sounds, like, hokey and crazy. I'm not crazy. Um, but I have a real calmness about my life, always. Yeah. I've never really panicked and I don't know where exactly that comes from, but I've never really worried about what I need to be doing because I've always known that I'm doing what I need to be doing. Oh, that's an amazing character trait. It's really a trip. And it's not to say that I haven't, like, wanted to get there faster. Like, when I started styling, and especially when I started in the celebrity game, of course there's all these people whose careers are you're like, oh, I wish I could be like that. But I haven't felt the panic. I've kind of always – I remember – Going into, like, the Jimmy Choo showroom. And, like, it was, like, my first Golden Globes. And it was with Olivia Wilde. And this was, like, over 10 years ago. And I remember seeing their Christmas bags that they were sending out to stylists. Like, these big gifts. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, maybe one day I'll get a gift. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I did. And I remember. That's so funny because I have a really similar a uh, story from Chanel. They were also doing their big Christmas gifting and had all of these bags oh. out on a table. And I was there for a meeting and I was like, am I going to be one of the editors that gets one of these one <laughs> yeah, day? Yeah, girl. Yeah. That's, that's funny. Those are, it, those are like really special like coming to moments. Totally. And it's like, it's a little frivolous, but not, but not really because this is our, our it business. It represents something it, so much bigger than just the thing. Exactly. And I remember when I got the um, Jimmy Choo sponsors the Hollywood Reporter mm-hmm. issue and my friend Sarah, who was, and I remember saying to her, I remember wanting, always wanting a present. And she's like, here's your present, girl. Oh, that's like, so funny. Yeah, it was really like sweet. So it's like there are those markers that I just kind of have put in the time but I don't ever want it to be like I put in the time I'm deserving I'm always thrilled like give me a lipstick I'm like oh thank you so much yeah so you know there's that balance but I didn't really think oh yeah I've made it I'm just like doing it right but in many ways too I think Matthew and I will reflect because you know marrying him was a, a massive pivot and change where it got me where I'm going uh huh so that was this catalyst as well. and But that's just how it was meant to be. Right. What is your star sign? Virgo. Oh. Is this how Virgos are? You, you, There is an ease and calm about you that I don't maintain. Or I feel like I try to control all the elements or I'm just, I, I'm like drowning in uncertainty all the time. Oh my gosh. What mm. sign are you? Sagittarius. Oh. 
Yeah, I shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. No, maybe it's not a good star on. sign. Maybe it's a function of how you're raised. Like my mom was always very. She's a refugee. You know, she's always. Oh, she okay. was always uncertain. You sure, know? and is course. always uncertain. Well, so I maybe would say that's, that's like an adopted huge... trait. Maybe, but it's so funny. I was the fourth kid. And I really, like, I always tease my parents because, like, all my siblings know how to skate. I'm from Canada. I can't Mm -hmm. skate if my life depended on it. My parents were like, we ran out of money. Like, we had nothing to do for you. I was like, did you ever come to any of my anything? So I'm a late, bit of a late bloomer. I was a total, like, slacker in school. I was a stoner in high school. Oh, I was going to ask what you were like as a kid. Yeah, I was, like, I was very, and I'm still a pretty, like, solitary person like I like my husband and my kid and I'm social within work but I'm actually quite introverted uh-huh. and I was like a loner as a kid and I like playing with my Barbies and just like being in my own like head and I never have FOMO because I like my own company so that's great I think that's a good quality to have in yeah. it, as a stylist too where you're making all your own decisions the decisions uh-huh. come down to and maybe that's a creative thing too. Like you're driving your what man repeller is you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you have a team in that, but when you're a creative, you have to be able to make your own decisions and feel super like that's the decision. Like I don't go to committee on a dress. Right. I know I have it. And I think the girls who work with me, that's maybe what they are coming for like I don't feel like I need to try on a hundred dresses I'll like literally I'm in with Sarah Paulson I called her and I was like I have your dress for the Emmys that green Prada dress that when she won and I was like that's it that's the only dress we tried on yeah and so that's my process too where I feel super confident that I have it Mm -hmm. so I don't know when do you feel like the best version of yourself oh my god I, I don't know that's too. When do I feel like the best version? Of well, myself? okay, let's start with when do you feel like the worst version of yourself? Sometimes that's easier to answer. Oh, I think it's when I like am a little qu- too quick to get angry. Mm-hmm. And probably with my family, I would never do it with anybody else. But I think it's like, you know, it's easy to hate the ones you love. Yes. And so you get tired. And I have that's my dad's side of my family where I can have a I can be explosive, but then I'm over it. Like I can yell at you and then give you a, like yell at my husband and then want to give him a kiss like two seconds later because I'm over it. Like I don't hold on to anything. Like, but I can be like, ah, fuck you. (laughs) And then I'm just like, okay, great. Let's go have sushi. Mm -hmm. So him, then he's like, but you've totally hurt my feelings. I'm going to hold a grudge against you for at least a day. Yeah. I have to marinate on this. Yeah. That was a little irrational. Totally. (laughs) So that's like my greatest flaw that I can like get a little too mad. But so that's when I probably feel like, oh, come on. Yeah. Simmer a little bit. Right. Someone I was like told me, me to be like slow to anger and quick to love. And I was like, ah, oh, right. I feel like that's a like a tenet of Buddhism. Is it? Okay, great. I would imagine. Yeah. Just be slow to get angry. Are you into the whole wellness scene in LA? No. That's cool. You don't hear that very often. <laughs> I'm really not. I don't want a juice. I don't want so I you're wish still I could... eating burgers and not thinking about meditation. No, I am a veg- vegetarian. Cool. Only lately new. Oh, interesting. How come? Because Clementine, like six or seven years ago, decided she could never eat an animal again. And then my husband joined her almost two years ago. And then we watched that show, Akja, 
Uh-huh. Do you know the Netflix movie? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's They're super so sweet and beautiful. And my daughter turned to me and I was like, I should say, I say I'm a pescatarian. I eat fish because mm-hmm. the sushi is so good in yeah. L.A. It's so delicious. I'm full of mercury. Um, <laughs> she turned to me and she said, Mom, you can't just try. You just say, I'm not going to eat an animal, and you don't. And I was like, oh, fuck, fine. Wow, she's a convicted little lady. She's so convicted. and I like that. For environmental reasons, I think, okay, fine, I won't eat meat. But, you know. I yeah. do have a bolognese every once in a while. That's okay, too. But um, in terms of, like, kumbaya, moon juice, all that stuff, I'm just... Yeah, even though like some, of the, some of the drinks and, f- like, prepared foods at moon juice just are so tasty. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'll am i go in there, but yeah. I'm also having, like, a coffee at the same mm-hmm. time. Like oh, yeah, I love. me too. Yeah, I think balance. I wish I could, like, goop my life. Right. And be like like so organized in uh-huh. that way but honestly I'm ordering postmates for dinner most of the time. Yeah. Do you I'm, ever feel like a shitty mom cuz you do that all the time? Oh. Cuz well, I'm going to do that. I'm yeah. I, like I don't cook and I I don't plan to cook. Okay, well that's great. <laughs> I but I, I don't want to feel guilty about no, it. No, don't feel guilty. I I shouldn't say I feel like a shitty Do I feel like a shitty? I feel like a shitty mom sometimes because I missed a lot because I was you know, and I, I'll say that in all honesty, like I do think there's a time in your kid's life where she needed a little more mom and I wasn't. Yeah. Because I was working more right. and I was nurtured. By necessity too, I was working like, uh-huh. guess what? Parents have to work. Yep. You want to eat? I need to work. Yeah. So, But the ethic that you're teaching her through that is invaluable. Yeah, I think so. And I think like she gets it is more and more understanding of like how things work in the world and I don't want to shield her from that mm-hmm. like so that's where I felt a l- little bit of guilt but you know well I'll try to talk about it but when I make a dinner at home I think oh I should cook more often right because I love the process of it but you know oh well just not really possible I also don't clean and <laughs> I made that real conscious decision I was like I'm having someone help me clean my house Two days a week. Because fair. Guess what? I hate doing laundry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm keeping the economy going. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I'm going to change tracks okay. for a second. What is award season like in L.A.? It's pretty exciting. I think anybody who, like, poo-poos award season within my business is lying because uh-huh. it is exciting to have a nominee and it's go. sort of like when an influencer hates fashion week oh for sure <laughs> like for you sure don't really hate fashion just, week. you don't hate fashion week that's when you make your monies yeah i bet <laughs> yeah no it's <laughs> ironically award season is not a money maker mm-hmm. it's a status maker right for stylists you know they roll which out- becomes exactly yeah. for sure i mean it's it's worked out great for me um it is grueling mm-hmm. and amazing and stressful. Grueling in what way? Just like pulling a lot all the time? Yeah, and just knowing like if you have a nominee, you're changing your, you're doing a look a day, you're right. doing multiple fittings, you have to strategize and you have to work like crazy hours. Yeah. Like rarely during like the last bit of award season last year did, and Ruth you know, I was had Ruth Nega and, and oh, Sarah Paulson. Said, we did a whole thing on Ruth Nega. You did, she, yeah, because she's been looking amazing. Oh, everyone, yay. Who, everyone who starts looking really good at a specific point mm-hmm. has always just started working with you. Oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. Yeah, that was it was amazing. Like we did a, a great, great run, and 
yeah, it was creatively so fulfilling and it was so much fun but it's like so it's part of the business like Mm -hmm. we knew that Louis Vuitton dress at the Golden Globes was gonna like push her over the edge for a nomination because people like see that it it controls so much of like the campaigning and the perspective Mm -hmm. but it it is a grind and you're like that's the only time where you might overthink a little bit and be like, oh my god, am I making the right decision? Are we right. making the right choices? Yeah, ah! um, I I don't see my family for two months. What when you say insane, insane hours? What do you mean by that? Like seven a.m. to seven a.m. to eleven like thirty midnight, oh, midnight like yeah. multiple fittings, and that's every day. It's every. And you day. never feel like trapped in that. Uh, I think the buzz of it is like uh-huh. the adrenaline you get from it is pretty amazing. I and always you can recognize like, that. God, it's I wish I could have done adrenaline tests to like see what my like cortisone levels were. I mean, it, it's probably horrifying, and like yeah. most health specialists would be like, "This is not good." Yeah, but there's something really fun about it, and mm-hmm. there's yeah. definitely a lot of cortisol running through my body generally. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I did adrenal testing last year. It was so intense. My doctor was like, your your uh, energy levels are completely off. Your cortisol is super high in the morning when it's supposed to be super low in the morning and super or super whatever it's it was supposed to be. It was the exact opposite. I was like, OK, that's cool. Um, do you ever do you ever have tiffs with other stylists? Is it kind of competitive or or do you feel like it can be collaborative and you can have good relationships? Because I'm a big believer that there's like enough business to go around and, and let's both. all be friends. Yes. I think that there is a group of us who are peers and who champion each other and cheer for each other's successes. And I think that's just the only way to be. I think that there were like style wars, like kind of in the generation before, are right before me, mm-hmm. and I do think there are some people who don't want to jump on the cheer board, but you know that's their business. I think there's so much work to go around, and we all win girls and we all lose girls, and yeah. I'd rather have be supportive. Like Sam McMillan and I will literally say, "I'll." She's like, "I remember for the Palm Springs Film Festival, I had to like." It came out of the blue, and I was like, I don't have a dress. And I like, I was like, Sam, what do you have at your office? She's like, oh, I have this Valentino. I was like, give it to me, mm-hmm. knowing it would be okay with Valentino. And that's yeah. what Ruth ended up wearing. And like, That's so, great. That's and a I really think nice story. when you hear – and when I launched the X Carla brand, like all my close stylists were like, yes, way to go. Because we're also paving the way for each other. Mm-hmm. And I just think, yeah, there's more than enough work to go around. And yeah. if you're – if you hang on to things too tight, it's just not it's not interesting yeah. for you or healthy for you. No, it's or, really not healthy. No. And probably suffocates you and your business in some ways. I agree completely. Yeah. That's it, really good. It'd advice. rather be a sharing platform. Yeah. You know, like technology. Uh-huh. Share your share your wealth. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, right before I let you go, because mm-hmm. I feel like I've I feel like we're in like an interrogation room. No, I love that. <laughs> Tell me more. What's what? When are you at your worst? Uh, what advice would you give to a young woman who's trying to find her place in the world and isn't like hasn't quite found her purpose? To not be afraid to try things and to change your path and never be afraid. It's never too late. You can be a fifty-year-old and change your your path. But for young women, I would think find a mentor and realize that the traditional way of like, I'm going to go to university, I'm going to do an internship. Maybe that isn't what the future is anymore. 
And maybe like, and I think specifically for people who want to be a stylist, find a stylist that will let you mentor and understand that you're there for them. And I always think about when I was like working at the restaurant or many, any of the jobs I've had, I always knew that I was there to serve my boss and their path. Mm-hmm. And I think to be a good employee and eventually be a good boss, if you want to be a boss, you don't actually have to be a boss. You can work with someone. And be really and happy and, and successful. And be really happy and really successful working as part of a team, but that you know that you're there to serve their interests and that will become your like path in life too. And I think that's something what maybe because of social media, we miss a little bit where it's like, I've got to be the girl boss. And you can be a girl boss within somebody's company and also get the, the vision and the goal of the company. And I think a lot of people forget that and don't realize like that there's like, there's a great Steinbeck quote where it says, we are what we repeatedly do. Like excellence, not an act, but a habit. Uh-huh. And be excellent in what you're doing at that time in your life. And it'll like open up all sorts of doors. That's such good advice. Yeah, just. just I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Carla Welch. This was a real treat. Thank you, Leandra, Thanks. for having me. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>